0: Higher, further, faster, this is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Hey, hey! It's been a little while. I've had a lot of stuff going on in my life, and so that sort of impacts things. And so I just am so happy to have the gang all back together. You're here, Dan's here, Mo's here. It's not even like we're returning with one person missing. This is awesome. Welcome back, Mel. Thanks. Dan Pierce, you've been a bit of a busy boy yourself while we've been gone. I have been busy. Some major it's been life crazy. changes yes
1: i moved and all of the uh fun intricacies involved in the moving process have been my life
0: well congratulations on the house thank you very much mo walker welcome back Glad to be here. It's a little bit odd for us now because you're three hours ahead of me, thanks to the time change. My time (laughs) never changes, but yours does. And so recording is going to be a little bit interesting, especially as we're coming into Game of Thrones, which we'll be talking about a little bit later on. First, though, this is going to just sort of be a what have we been up to and Captain Marvel. It's out. It's made a ton of money. Mel our Mm -hmm. film grad school graduate. Ah, Thank you. The the clouds (laughs) open, angel music on high. What did Mm -hmm, you think mm -hmm. of Captain Marvel?
2: So... I enjoyed Captain Marvel. I really did. I do feel like it started off a little bit slow. That's just my opinion. It is what it is. Um, You know, we start off and we see her in space and Jude Law, who is aging like a fine wine, is there. And, you know, he's kind of her mentor character. And she's part of the Space Force and they're trying to eliminate these, how they call them, scrolls.
3: Yes, the yes. scrolls.
2: Okay, so they're trying to eliminate the scrolls, and we're going through the story here. And as we learn more about our character, and as she learns more about herself, of course, things change a lot. Especially, you know, when she ends up on Earth. I feel like when she c- comes to Earth, that's when the story changes. Like that's when I was like, okay. What, what do we have going on here? And, of course, we get to see one of my favorite familiar faces, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. He has hair. Let's de-aged. just start there. He's <laughs> <laughs> a bit younger. Yes, yeah, so they um, de-aged him. What, like 25 years, I think they said, I read? So I thought that was interesting. But, I, you know, that character and... Samuel Jackson as an actor are just so special. I feel like he just lights up the screen. He brings so much to it. And, you know, Nick Fury is the same person he has always been, which I think is a Fabulous. And as they get to know each other, you know, I felt like Brie Lawson and Samuel L. Jackson had a really great chemistry. You know what I mean? It was definitely like a sidekick. We're gonna joke around, but we're gonna keep it real at the same time. Chemistry. I thought that was great, you know. And as we learn more about the story, I don't, you know, we're talking about it, so I want to give too much away, but in case people haven't seen it. But I I love the story. I love the twist of the story where you you find out, you know, things aren't always as they seem. Um, when Carol Danvers, who is our Captain Marvel, she meets her friend, her best friend, Monica Rambeau. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. But you see like the true love that they have for each other, you know, you kind of think of that person in your life and you're like, "Yep, my ride or die." Yeah, I love that. So, I thought Overall, like, it was a great story. And then when we get to the end and we get to see Captain Marvel with her full powers, man, I was in the theater losing it. It was fantastic. And I felt like you you really get the setup and get the buildup for Endgame. Like, now you're going to see, okay, Thanos, she coming for your ass. Like, and I'm ready, okay? Ready.
0: Out of five stars, how many would you give it?
2: Let's do, let's do a four. I feel like it was a solid four.
3: Okay, Mo, what'd you think? I really did enjoy it, and and, and Mel um, mentioned a lot of the things about it that I enjoyed. I enjoyed the the humor as we get with a lot of these Marvel films. Um, Especially, I'm surprised, Mel, that you didn't mention um, Goose the Cat. Uh, who I who I, I, I thought was him. like
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so um and you know that's kind of like the, one of those like little in jokes from a more recent Captain Marvel comic series, for for fans of the comics. I mean, there was a lot to eat, there was to to d- devour. I thought that for me, I was k- going into this. I was wondering things that were on my mind is okay. How are you going to you? Come up with an uh, an origin for Carol that sidesteps, you know, um, the the original Captain Marvel, who um, you know actually was played by quote unquote uh, Annette Bening's character, um, who in the comics is a male. Plus the X Men stuff, because that's a quint that's a quintessential part of Carol Danvers' story in the comics particularly her interactions with Rogue and all that stuff. So I was really curious about how they were going to sidestep all that stuff, and um, which they did a really good job, I think, by essentially get, having her, Carol's powers be derived from this um, dimensional drive. Um, and just, just she absorbs this energy and that just kind of powers her up. I think that's a great... uh, that's a great sidestep because in the 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 comics you know essentially she more or less you know gets her powers from the male captain marvel through some sort of weird energy trans transfusion which is just weird stuff but again in 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 2019 i think they handled that very well i like the fact that they've they've set up little pieces that we need to know for endgame um you know, especially as it relates to uh, Nick Fury and how to Nick Fury, Nick Fury's relationship um, with Carol. I wish uh, Coulson would have gotten a little bit more screen time because I felt like they were built built billing this film as Coulson was going to be much more of an intricate part of of the story than what he was. Um, Jude Law's character, I knew based. When, when we found out who Jude lost character was, if you know Marvel Comics, you know that that's, a, that's one of um, that character's villains, main villains in the comics. So it was only a matter of time before that twist came. And then one of my biggest – one of the biggest things I was impressed with was their handling of the supreme intelligence. Um, again, that was one of – the dual roles that Annette Benning served in, in the in the film, and if you are aware of the comics and, and the Supreme Intelligence, it's just this big uh, green head in a jar. And you know, I'm thinking like visually, how are they going to represent that? And he did a good job of just utilizing uh, Benning uh, to be the voice of this character. And hopefully we'll get um, some more Annette Bening as the Supreme Intelligence going forward because I'm curious to see how they'll handle that that character in future films. Out of five stars? Uh, again, I'm, I'm with Mel. I give it a four.
0: Okay. Dan?
1: Uh, I really enjoyed the film. I, I agree with Mel that the beginning is a little slow and kind of gets mired in like some of the tech Uh, spacey kind of stuff that like you don't quite understand what's going on Um, which uh, Guardians kind of had a similar problem early on which I get it it sort of happens but it recovers from there and you really get to see this awesome movie Uh, You know, whether it's the friendship developing between Carol and Fury or the friendship that existed between Carol and Monica and her daughter, it's just – I thought it was this beautiful story and they really did a good job of kind of fitting that within the the Marvel Cinematic Universe and kind of creating a new cornerstone for them to move forward with since, you know – the the older characters aren't going to be around as much, and Brie Larson is signed on for what, like nine films, something like that. This is a great start, and I really enjoyed the movie, and it had such a positive and powerful message. And I just, I'd give it probably a four and a half.
0: <clears throat> that is high praise for all of you. From all of you, I've, I'm so accustomed to thinking of like fives as maybe like four and a half or fives being like black Panther guardians of the galaxy one, maybe iron man one, the winter soldier. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, I'm hearing these fours and i like, I thoroughly enjoyed captain Marvel. I think that it is a solid film. I think that what it did for me, at least this was the missing link for a lot of the, uh, Marvel cinematic universe for me. If we go back to when iron man first debuted, And we remember why Disney was started with Iron Man. It was because they didn't have quote unquote access to the big names. Iron Man was not the character, at least in television and film that it is now. I mean, and so they were going with a more unknown character and they just slowly started building from there, introducing the characters and giving us the Avengers over time. And, when you get to the post credit scene, after you've watched the climax of Captain Marvel, and then you get to the post credit scene, and she shows up, and it's like the final piece of the puzzle is there. And everything makes much more sense. Everything is now set up for us to not only move forward, but if you think about it, They've all they have done with Captain Marvel, what DC is sort of trying to do with Wonder Woman in the fact that they're they're giving us these f- like movies from the past. Well, the way they've set this up, they can give us Captain Marvel movies set in the past. They can give us Captain Marvel's movie set in the present or potentially the future, and yet she's going she could be threaded easily through all of them. And I thought that Brie Larson did a really good job. Samuel L. Jackson was good. I thought that the humor in this—it wasn't quite as like guffaw as maybe say the Game of, or not Game of Thrones, the Guardians of the Galaxy—but it had a nice, pleasant humor to it. I thought that the action scenes and the fact that in the the final words were "We'll be back." for the weapon and we'll be back and it's for the weapon and it's her that was a really nice element to it I enjoyed this film I would give it a three and a half out of five I think it was solid I think it filled in the pieces that I needed it to fill in but I can't give it like a four above a four or because like for me above a four is like reserved for some very special movies in the cinematic universe but i would definitely give it a solid three and a half out of five
3: so fyi the daughter's name is monica rambeau and the mother's name is maria rambeau Um, and monica Rambo, she actually is in the comics another captain marvel who also goes by the name of photon as well oh
0: let's talk a little bit about what we've been doing while we've been gone um whether it's television or film what has been the thing that excited you the most while we were gone because there's been a lot of stuff that sort of come out there's been things on netflix there has i mean umbrella academy came out there have been season returns like the magicians is running right now what has been the thing that excited you most while we were gone dan
1: uh, for me, I've been keeping up with the CW ones, and I've been really, really impressed with uh, the Supergirl hitting the reset button and the surprising like quality of John Cryer as Lex Luthor. I didn't think I'd like this. I thought this was the silliest casting possible, but then he comes on screen, and he's actually really, really good, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible he like he he's to blame for this whole everything going on this season and the reset button with having to kind of erase Alex's mind from the fact that Kara is Supergirl as well as erasing all of the DEO's mind the Kara is Supergirl is it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant and it's given way for a lot of great story with Nia and John and you know Jean's battle against Manchester Black was great. It it's been such a good season, um, and I just I wasn't expecting it. All of the CW shows have been pretty solid so far. Flash a little bit less. Flash, Flash is really struggling because I'm so sick of Nora. I just I need speech. her to go. I need her to go away. Ah, uh, this past week, when Barry put her in a prison in the pipeline, I'm just like, "Can we leave her there? Like do, do we do we have to vi- revisit this? Like, does this matter? Because she's just she drags down the whole show, and I, I don't care about Sherlock, and they've ruined Ralph Didney. Like he used to be funny. and now he's just getting involved in things. And it's it's inconsequential. Like, it feels like there are character moments with him that we've already revisited. He's already matured, but wait, let's revisit it again. Uh, it That's disappointing. Uh, Arrow's been great. This whole flash-forward thing, I didn't think I'd like, but then they've, in, they've incorporated enough of the CW that it makes me feel like they're going to do, like, a sequel
0: series afterwards. Oh, this is uh, totally a backdoor pilot. I would, like... Yeah. I I know nothing about what their development plans are. But if this is not the best Black Door pilot I've ever seen, I don't know what is. Because this has been... They've built up the entire last half of this season. And the the kids are just knocking it out of the park. I think that it's interesting that you mentioned Supergirl and its revitalization. Because in our group chat, I attempted to send you a text two weeks before... um, he came on his Lex list last time. Yeah. And was basically, I'm done with Supergirl. I cannot watch this anymore. And for whatever reason, the text failed to send. And, <laughs> and so you guys never got this. And so like, then you, I saw you guys. And so I had like, I didn't take it off my DVR, but I decided I was going to stop watching it. And I think I, del- there was two weeks and I deleted one of the episodes and, and I had one on there, and then I saw you guys talking about Lex. So the third week out, and I was like, okay, Lex is always a good character. I've never seen, whether it's the animated Smallville, okay, let me back up. He's not always a good character in the film because there have been some crappy Lex Luthers in the film, but that's an aside. On television, it's usually a good character. And so I'm like, okay, I will give you this a chance. So I watched and I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I did not take Supergirl off of my DVR, but let me tell you, it had gotten to the point where I was going to take the first, Supergirl was going to become the first of the CW superhero shows that I'm just stopping watching because the first half of the season to me, I felt was aimless, boring, and I didn't like the way it was going. Like I did not like a lot of the storylines and I felt like it was just going in too many different directions. The bringing Lex back, for me, has been a revitalization. This is almost, like in my mind, the equivalent of season one versus season two of Legends of Tomorrow. That's how bad I thought the first part of this season was on Supergirl. So wow. I have been massively impressed I, I don't know if we're going to be able to see like it maintain that because I sort of feel like this Lex thing is like going to be he's going to in my opinion I, I perceive this as one of those scenarios where they can't have him on every episode otherwise it's going to dilute his impact so I feel like he's going to come back for mini arcs periodically so we'll see how it all goes Mo what excited you while we were gone.
3: Again, um, well, Supergirl's definitely on that list, and this arc, and it's still continuing with Lex being on there. There's there's another episode. No, I I know. I'm just yeah.
0: saying, like, in general, like, I don't feel like he's going to become a series regular who we see 18 to 20 episodes a year. That's, oh, that's no, it, no. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I don't...
3: Oh. Oh. Well, no, no, no. I definitely agree with you that, that John Cryer will not become a series regular on Supergirl. However, you know, again, I, I can see... Luke, where some of that, you felt that the show was a little bit aimless. However, I do feel like they did a, re- the, the writing team has done a really good job of threading everything and getting you to this point where you have this, I guess, mid-season twist um, in which you find out Lex Luthor is pulling the strings. I think it the show this season has done a good job of talking about, you know, the arc of the social issues that we're dealing with right now with, um, you know, through the lens of the, the aliens and the Alien Registration Act and and those types of things. I think for me, the strongest bits have been Agent Liberty, has been, um, you know, this sort of um, alt-right, uh, white nationalist lens and using the aliens and, and – um the extraterrestrial aliens to discuss that, discuss that. I think for me where the show kind of has veered off a little bit, I think John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, that's an aimless character at this point. I think that part of the problem with that character is they can't, they can't afford to like have him look like the Martian Manhunter like most of the time. So to me, that kind of throws me off a little bit. Plus his power set because the character's always been a little bit too powerful. Um, and then I, I have, I think Manchester Black just as a character, they're trying to draw from um, the Superman comics because Manchester Black in the comics it was it was a it was a really interesting. Um, when that character was first introduced in in Superman comics, he uh, Manchester Black was supposed to be this kind of metaphor for uh, '90s rough and gruff superheroes and so so forth, and that uh, the ultra violent superheroes. And part of my problem with Manchester Black and Supergirl is that character doesn't have powers, and I think that whatever this weird psychic connection with him and John, it's not exactly working for me. Um, Now, in terms of other shows that I've really been excited about during our break, I think the Orville on Fox has just matured into such a delightful show that's telling stories that would rival next gen. They had this awesome two-part episode in which uh, one of the main characters, Isaac, who essentially kind of reminds you of, of a Doctor Who Cyberman, he takes you to you go to his home world and you find out that they are essentially Cybermen from Doctor Who that are bent on destroying, you know, organic life forms. And this really great two part episode that visually just it it, it looks stupendous for um, a sci fi show on a television budget Um just in terms of just romantic storylines on the Orville uh, between the doctor and Isaac building up to this sort of two part twist involving Isaac was really delightful. There was a bit of robot sex in there, which it was was kind of a weird episode, but um, if I think the Orville overall, if you, if you had reservations about it, I think the second season laid them the rest.
0: See, I'm, I may, I may have to give it another try, but I, I love Seth MacFarlane humor on like Family Guy, but I feel like he cudgels things too much, and there's only so much cudgeling I can handle, and I felt like he did a lot of that in the first season of The Orville. Maybe I'll give it another chance when I have some free time to watch TV, which, let's see, don't have a lot of that. Uh, Mel. Mhm. What what kept what excited you while we were gone?
2: Black lightning. So, I have been loving the show, y'all know this. But I've really been liking watching Jen like come into her powers because we know she's got this insane type of power where it kind of just takes over her whole being and kind of watching her try and control it. And we get to see the fabulous Erica Alexander. And anytime I get to see her on my screen, it brings me so much joy, you know, kind of mentor her and teach her how to really control it. But she's still young. So she just stupid things, you know, it's, it's frustrating, but I think it's also realistic to watch. Um, Tobias whale, I think is a fabulous villain and he does nothing but make me laugh. It's kind of a I love to hate you type of villain. So watching him always try and get the upper hand and the things that he says, that always really makes me happy. And I feel like Lynn, who plays the mom, she got her hands dirty at towards the end of the season. And that was really awesome. So I've just, I've really been loving Watching that show, and I wish we could get more of it sooner rather than later.
0: I have two things that I want to bring up real quick. First, on the magicians, I don't. Uh, Mo, have you been watching this season?
3: Oh yeah, I'm. 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 I just haven't watched this weeks, but yes, I've. I I'm cannot, up to date.
0: Like at some point when you've watched it, text me because this is the best season of The Magicians to date. It is threaded fantastically. The elements that we've seen from the first seasons that were... I feel like in the first three seasons, there would be parts of every season that just... sort There would be like elements that would feel off, and they weren't all quite pulled together in the season finales. And there were elements of the season that or or there were elements of the season that I just didn't like, but I watched because I was enjoying the rest of the show so much. This season though, I have loved every element. They have nailed it. From the library to the hedge witches to the alternate reality or to the alternate universes, they have nailed it. Everything is solid. I get so much pleasure watching the nuance that they have incorporated into this show. And maybe it's the fact that we're in season four and everything has gelled, but I have been super impressed by how strong this season is. I want to give a a major shout out to Summer Bishel, who plays Margot. Her arc this season has been wonderful. Her and Elliot... From the very beginning were amazing but she's been by herself in her own storyline driving her own storyline for most of the season and this last episode was very much like Elliot and Quentin's episode where we got to see the time tr- like them together as a couple trying to solve the puzzle that it was for me that was her this last week's episode It was really strong. She has done a wonderful job. I cannot wait to see how this season ends, and I am really looking forward to it. I am now going to shock you with the other thing that I have been caught up on, and it is not something that we discuss on this podcast because for many of the seasons, it's in its final season, I have not liked it because it's been too dark. Brace yourselves. I am loving Gotham this season. What? That has been insane. What? <laughs> what? what, Luke? Luke that's been insane. Gotham <laughs> has been nuts good, like nuts. <laughs> it, it, I don't know. Like, the first season with Fish Mooney and all that shit was like, mm, it has potential. But yeah, there's some stuff to it. This season, I don't know what happened. I don't know, like what they're pulling from whether or not they've just decided to tighten it I am enjoying Gotham so much it is not built up on my DVR there are other shows on my DVR I I let two episodes of the Flash pile up but Gotham was current that is how much I've been enjoying Gotham this season it surprised yeah. myself I could Welcome
2: to it. the Twilight Zone. Right?
3: Ooh, right? I, really, I mean, Luke, I'm kind of surprised but you know it, I have to, and you know, I agree with, it, with Luke. This final season, I mean, I know where they're, they're pulling from from the comics. They're they're pulling from these Batman storylines on um, No Man's Land, and the, it, it's it's insane. I mean, Shane West, who's becoming, who's essentially Venom. I mean, Bane, and. You know, he's he's even doing like the Tom Hardy Bane voice, which is I think is really hilarious. I personally think Shane West's Bane voice is better than than Tom Hardy's.
0: I couldn't understand Tom Hardy in the movie that the fact that I couldn't even understand him ruined that movie for me. What could have been otherwise a really good movie? It's like if you can't understand him, what's the point?
3: Well, well, Luke, I'm, I'll be really curious to hear what do you think because you know there's only two episodes left and we're do not getting
0: spoil back- them.
3: No, 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 no. The two episodes don't even have an air. They don't air until like uh, mid. Well, no, April. but
0: I was I was meaning like if you know what's coming because of what it's being pulled from, do not spoil.
3: No, the only things that I really know, we know that we're getting Batman. We know that for a fact. I mean, there's been a there was a poster released um, a few days ago. With, you know, with someone wearing a Batman cowl, you know, but we're getting Batman. Um, That's definitely coming. Uh, But I'm I'm really curious to see how they stick this landing this last week
0: when Barbara had the shootout in the wheelchair while in labor <laughs> will be, will be on both the end of season episode as a shout out. And it will more than likely be on the best and worst episode at the end of the year. I am telling apparently on the soup. It is, it is wonderful. Like, it, like I love that scene, a pregnant woman with her nemesis, pushing her wheelchair as she's going down a hospital hallway Shooting people was wonderful. I loved it. Could not get enough of it. I love the fact that she's having his baby and it just all sort of falls together. Penguin and the Riddler have been a joy. The fact that these two are now somewhat friends again has been a joy. Penguin with little Selena and their plotting has been a joy. It is. I have loved it so much and I can't believe I'm saying it because of how much I loathed it after season one. I don't know what happened. I've kept it on my DVR all this time and I've deleted a lot of seasons. I, I tuned in a little bit for the Court of Owls and uh, I tuned in a little bit for Raja Ghoul Ghul when he came back or came and I was like mm, I'm not uh, very excited about the fact that his daughter is now part of this whole storyline but I'm willing to go with it because of the fact that everything else has been so enjoyable but for those of you and I'm talking to you KY Dizzle on Twitter who have told me to stick with it and keep watching I have been tuning in for this final season and I am loving it. That went on a little bit longer than I expected, but considering how rarely we talk about it because of my distaste for it, I figured I might as well give it a little bit of time.
3: I was going to say, I'm surprised Dan has not said anything about the Ra's al Ghul twist in this last season considering what character they've brought into Gotham from from the al Ghul family and how much Dan likes that character.
1: I I haven't been watching he Gotham watch since like Gotham. the third episode. Oh, yeah, I don't does, watch okay. Gotham.
3: Well, they they brought in a version of Nyssa Agu Yep. So that- they just snatched stuff from Arrow.
1: Hey, I love Nyssa. the The flash forward episode where she had no lines but like dominated the screen. I was I was there for it. I loved it. I'm very excited for more Nyssa. I'm always game for Nyssa. I'll have to check out that Gotham episode.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Arrow. Dan touched on it earlier with the storyline that's going on, but Stephen Amell tweeted while we were on break that Arrow will return for a final season of 10 episodes in the fall. Dan, I read that, and I was like, Dan's heart is breaking? Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, that was incredibly sad. sad. cloth, ashes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where it's like... Yeah, there there have been so many good seasons and so many bad seasons, but it, it it's it's powered through them all, and it it's tough. You know, that's the first one. That's the one it, that started it all, and it's it's gonna be weird to say goodbye. It's gonna be weird to see Stephen Amell in anything else. And oh, see, ex- I
0: watched him on another show on. I think it was Showtime before this. So for me, I've seen him in multiple things.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't seen him in a in a super ton of stuff. It was this and uh, the the turtle sequel. Um, but I, yeah, no, it's it's going to be a bummer. Uh, I know that that's sort of what they've been setting up with this flash forward stuff, and you know, the with Team Arrow working with the cops. There's really nowhere else to. They sort of box themselves in.
0: But, but don't you think that was sort of intentional? I mean, it's been going for a very long time. Yeah, and has no. been I mean, they got rid of the flash forwards and the flat or the flashbacks, and I feel like the flash forwards have helped a lot this season. But I also feel like I feel like Arrow has told as many stories as it can tell based on its limited pro- uh, premise. They never really expanded Arrow outside of Star City beyond the crossover events.
1: I agree. I agree. And I, I mean, that is very true that it, it does feel like it's time. Um, it's just you want to spend as much time with these characters while you can. Um, which is why I'm really excited. Uh, they're doing a, uh, birds of prey episode, um, where they're bringing in Sarah and they're having all three canaries. If you count black siren, which I do not count black siren, Give me the real Laurel Lance, showrunners. John touched on it this past week where he was like, yeah, trusting Andy cost my team, cost my family, everything. I'm like, say her name, John. Say Laurel's name. Say that trusting Andy got Laurel killed. Say it. I'm like, ugh, okay. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm really sad, but it is time. It's just going to be weird, not seeing these characters although I will say their 200th episode with the documentary and the way that they've been honoring their lineage they brought back Thea for a scene they brought back Quentin Lance they brought back Sarah they brought back Sin which I was like whoa that's going way back that's awesome Um, you know they've been really good about touching on their heritage I do want present-day Roy or more Roy fights, because we need more arsenal in our lives.
0: I feel uh, like if they do a spinoff, which it very much feels like they're going to do, that Roy is going to be the anchor of that. I would love that. I would
1: watch that seven
0: days a week. That'd be fantastic. So, <clears> Though, <throat> unpopular opinion, I did not like the commemorative episode. Really? Really? I thought that was one of the
3: strongest episodes of the season.
0: I am not a big fan of documentary-type episodes. I'm not a fan of big documentary-type comedies like the office that is just like my taste i'm not a big fan of those type of episodes in general but um there was some other uh cw news which i never i never actually thought that i would hear this supernatural is ending it's going to be returning with a 15th season it's the last of the wb shows to still exist It has a legacy that is... A television legacy that is up there in terms of just the number of seasons. And, like, you see it on syndication. I mean, it's done a really good job. I did not think that it, they would cancel it. I felt like this season, this show is still doing, uh, having strong enough seasons that it could go on, and I wouldn't have been surprised if it got to 18 or 20 seasons. It wouldn't have surprised me at all. There's a formula. It works. They diversify the characters and the, the cast enough. I felt like it could keep going. I am surprised that it is canceled, and I'm also concerned because the fact that the backdoor pilot that they tried last season wasn't strong enough i really would love for this universe to continue and i'm hoping that they figure out a way to do it mo what did uh, i i don't think if i'm not mistaken you don't watch a lot of supernatural correct i'm sort of the only correct. one on, he, on here who watches supernatural
3: that's correct that's Ugh. correct
0: I am... you guys don't know like i love this show it, it's like <laughs> comfort food the same way Grey's anatomy is
2: so there are two shows that are still on that were on when I was in high school and is Supernatural and Grey's Anatomy. So I've always in my head kind of been thinking, alright, so which one is going to be the first one to be like, alright guys we're done. This is it. This is the last one and Supernatural just happened to be it. And I was like, wow. Like, I I remember Supernatural premiering. Like I remember going to school the next day and everyone talking about it. And I think to create such a legacy like that for a show and us, you know, it's called supernatural, but you know, it's the supernatural show like that is, amazing especially you know in this time so I definitely got to give props to all those guys and you know I don't watch Supernatural now I, it's not that I haven't watched it in the past like you know I've caught a season here and I've caught a season there and so on and so forth but the, they'll get, they've done everything under the sun and below the sun and in hell and other dimensions and everything so definitely got to give it props like you said like it's the last of the WB shows so
0: there is another passing that is not a television show but luke perry passed away for for the soap fan side of uh, us like my life which is daytime confidential people who have watched uh, 90210 riverdale i mean we've discussed him on here on riverdale but there's a lot of soap history there um for me though before he was ever on riverdale the first thing some people know this. Longtime listeners of Daytime Confidential know this. I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on Geek Confidential, but there was a point in my life, like when I was growing up, I wasn't really exposed to a lot of pop culture, so I missed out on like his run as nine hundred two on nine hundred two one zero. I've seen episodes of it uh, in reruns or on streaming, but I've never, I didn't actually watch it while it was airing. And so for me, my first um, exposure to Luke Perry was in Jeremiah, which was a dystopian futuristic film, and, or not film, but TV series, and I loved him in that role. I feel like he didn't get enough credit for it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but that was how I first um, watched him. Going around the circle real quick, what are your guys' thoughts on his passing, and what do you guys think about h- what will his um, loss be for Riverdale? Because I sort of feel like Fred was the sane cornerstone of that show. It can sometimes get really over the top and Fred was sort of the thing that like kept everything anchored. I'm not sure how it's going to go from here. Mel, what'd you think?
2: Oh my gosh, this is such a loss. Not only just to Riverdale, just to, I feel like entertainment and Hollywood in general. I mean, Whew, Luke Perry, the 90210 craze. You know, I was way young for 90210, but my older cousins, shout out Mike, used to love that show. So I remember like kind of watching with them and, you know, you you always knew who Luke Perry was. And I really got to connect with him, I would say, watching Riverdale. Um, Papa Andrews, oh. Like, he is just your quintessential dad. Like, everyone knows a dad like him. He will ride or die for you. And he's kind of like the group's dad. You know, you go over to your friend's house, and there's always that one set of parents that everybody's like, my dad. Like, and, that's totally was Papa Andrew's character. And I agree that he was definitely an anchor for that show and kind of kept things a little bit grounded where Riverdale is a show where things can definitely, you know, be over the top, out of control, but you know, Papa Andrews was the one that just kept everything really rooted and especially Archie's character. Cause sometimes Archie just be tripping. Like there's no other word for it. And dad's always there to just, reel him back in. So, now without, you know, Luke Perry in that role, will they recast? Is my question. I kind of would rather them not and see how Archie deals with just having one parent who's not always there, who would be Miley Ringwald, and you know, would he end up going to stay with one of the other kids or like what would happen there? So, I feel like Luke Perry's impact was just immeasurable and we will most definitely be missed dan uh
1: i i echoing mel's or our uh, sentiment it, it's such a loss not only to riverdale and um you know 90210 fans but just entertainment as a whole i you know i did not watch 90210 but Obviously, that legacy itself cannot be understated, and it's it's definitely made an impact in pop culture, in the shows we watch. You know, all of us being fans, not just of like Riverdale, but like soaps and dramas, and you know, things of that sort. They uh, they created the archetype. They they walked so Riverdale could run. Um, and as far as Fred Andrews goes, he was, he was the, he was the sole purely good parent on that show. Everyone else has a motive. Everyone else does something shady. You know, the other, the only other closest like parent that only does good things is probably, uh, Mr. Keller, uh, Kevin's dad. Um, but Fred Andrews really set the tone for that whole generation, and it's, it's such a loss to the, the canvas, and I don't see a way that they can't bring Molly Ringwald in all the time. Like, they almost need Molly Ringwald all the time, and that's a weird move because, number one, I don't know if she's available all the time. Number two... might need to take an acting class or two just just throwing that out there
0: yeah i was was sort of thinking i agree with you dan i i feel like you are totally in your right to say that because her run like if we're looking for a solid anchor on riverdale molly ringwald is not going to be that character her character is not going to be that one because she she is well like listen I love scenery chewers. There are good scenery chewers, and there are bad scenery chewers. (laughs) And she is sort of tipping into the bad scenery chewing side of things lately. And so I'm like, I don't know that I need her a lot, but there needs to be something that is more of a solid anchor.
2: I always (laughs) get so just wrapped up in her because, y'all, I lived and died. (laughs) By that, those Brat Pack movies growing up. I I I understand.
0: (laughs) I understand. She has a legacy. I am not detracting from her pop culture legacy in any way, shape, or form. I am only saying that on Riverdale and Riverdale specifically, she is a scenery chewer and Mm. not in the good way like Betty's mom. There, yeah, there is
1: one scene, one total scene in all of Riverdale where she doesn't negatively choose scenery, and that was when she checked Alice in the bathroom. When she was, when, uh, you know, Alice was being like, oh, Fred's been sniffing around Hermione. And, like, she comes back with, like, are, are you done, Alice? Like, get out of here. That was a good scenery-chewing Molly Ringwald scene. I haven't seen any other good... Molly Ringwald scenes in Riverdale specifically. This does not detract, like Luke said, this does not detract from her legacy or anything like that, but they they almost need her back. And I will say from the way they're telling this story, this particular season, they've been using uh, Tom Keller a lot more. If they shift the moral compass onto him sort of in the same, like organically, they've been doing it this season. So if they just continued that and that would, that would be honestly fine. However, you you need to have Kevin on more in order to do that. Like Kevin is so wrapped up right now in the farm storyline that we haven't had a scene like, we've had more Tom and Archie scenes than Tom and Kevin scenes. I'm just really going to miss Fred, and obviously really going to miss Luke Perry and his impact on television. And, yeah.
0: Mo? Well,
3: you know, when when I heard about Luke Perry, I I was in shock. I mean, the stroke thing, you know, took me back. But when, they, when I read that he had passed, I was like... Wow, because for me, again, I watched 90210. I watched him he, when he did the crossover to kick off. Um, him and Kelly did what over the um, Melrose Place to kick that off. Um, so, for me, it's just there's a, this, this man is this television icon that I grew up with and to see him on Riverdale, you know, when he's the father figure now, you know, it just kind of brings things in perspective because there's all these like quote unquote teen idol characters, and and when you know 20, 25 years ago, who are now headed into, they're the mothers and the fathers on these shows, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a devastating loss for Riverdale. I'll be, you know, I haven't been watching Riverdale uh, regularly, but I'm curious to see how they handle it, and I'm also curious to see because Fox is gonna do some sort of 90210 show this summer um wouldn't call it a reboot or a revamp a continuation well it, it's it's some weird hybrid where it's going to be the cast members trying to pitch a revamp of 90210 i think that's probably the easiest way to sell it because it's going to be the actors and actresses playing you know characters who are similar to their real life personas so this will definitely Luke Perry's passing will have to be addressed on that show. Um, but, you know, it, it's 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 going to be it's going to be a huge loss because, you know, he was one of those actors you would see him in a lot of things post 90210. You know, it was understated and he was a solid actor. But I think Riverdale was this real vehicle now to introduce him to the next generation. And and it and I'm I'm sorry that, you know, we won't be able to see that going forward. This has
0: been a wonderful episode. Unfortunately, we have to wrap. It's been great catching up with you guys. Mel, final thought?
2: My final thought is we have less than a month for Game of Thrones. And y'all don't know how excited I am with the new trailers and the um, new magazine photo shoots. Oh, it's going to be great. The And the episodes are going to be like 80, 90 minutes. I'm ready. Let's do this. Winter is here.
0: I have been going back and I started at the beginning and have been watching the I've st- I'm not still on season 1 um and what I found rewatching those episodes is how amazingly threaded everything is. There are things that are mentioned in the first 3 episodes that don't even pop back up until later seasons and you don't even realize it until you've rewatched it and be like, "Damn." They threaded it very well. I'm also looking forward to it. Have a viewing party planned for the season premiere. Dan, final thought? Uh, Chad Michael
1: Murray debuted uh, these past two weeks with the Heathers musical and uh, this past week on Riverdale. And he's definitely, uh, he's good scenery chewing. He has very good scenery chewing. Well, and he has
0: very good experience on that from One Tree Hill. Speaking of people who go from children to parents. Yeah,
1: yeah. Also, the fact that he is to have a 17-year-old daughter, I'm just like, the math doesn't track on this, sir. But all right, I guess we're to believe this. That's fine, I think. Uh, yeah, no, it, it it's... I'm interested to see more of his character, Edgar Evernever, and yeah, see more of the show.
0: Mo, final
3: thoughts? Final thought is happy anniversary to Batman. It's Batman's 80th anniversary. Of the thousandth ep- issue of DC Comics um, hit the stores uh, this past week. Batman's still going strong. Gotham may be winding down, but the new Pennyworth show is going to be starting in a few months.
0: My final thought is deadly class. I tried, (laughs) but I couldn't like there, there are elements of that show that are really good. But when I'm watching a teen cast show, I need my teens to gel better than these teens do. And maybe it's the premise of these being kids who are being trained assassins, but I just don't feel the chemistry with this cast at all. And that's just... i The good elements of it are not enough for me to keep watching. I really wanted to because I like the idea of it not being your normal teen soap, your normal like supernatural-type vampire show. I was looking forward to something. But... Even Legacies, which also has some cast gelling problems, gels better than Deadly Class does. And that's it's I had to take it off my DVR. On that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash GK Confidential. You can find me on Twitter at Luke underscore Kerr. Mel is at, at Melody MelodyAkels. Dan is the real Dan real Dan Pierce. And Mo is Dr. Mo seventy seven? Correct. And you can find us on Facebook by liking us at GK Confidential. Thank you for listening. Until next
3: time, so long. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.
2: Bye, y'all.